right, Rob. So here I am. I'm excited to be at your apartment. You said you have something you want to show me? Oh, yeah. Just come on and close the door. I I don't want any of the other uh, people living in this building to see this because this is pretty wild. Okay. All right. All right. Is, you're not going to show me a new tattoo again, are you? No, this is not anything on my body. Okay. Um, all right. All right. Let's see what you got. Yeah. I was down in the basement uh, looking for the laundry room, but apparently the laundry room is not in the basement. <laughs> but anyway, I found this wrapped in a burlap sack. So here, let me just undo this for you and check this out, man. Isn't this badass? Wow. That is, someone went through a lot of trouble to make this thing that those look like teeth. Ow. Those look like teeth. I think I poked myself on it. That's oh. a really groovy book though. Ow. Yeah, it Ooh, is. Bleeding. Look at it. It's got That's veins. So cool. Like the book has it's... veins. <laughs> I am not going to make a dick reference. No matter how hard you try to make me say it, I'm not going to. But yeah, this is pretty cool. It almost looks like skin, like human skin. It, it does. It feels like it, like a leather face kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I wonder if if you could sell this on Amazon, what you would get for it. Do you think mm. it's uh, foreskin? <laughs> I don't know. I would like to see the penis that came from if that's foreskin because this is a pretty big tome if you know what I mean <laughs> yeah oh my goodness I couldn't get this book open but look at it now it's opened up oh it's like a Venus flytrap or something or yeah. dare I say penis flytrap <laughs> <laughs> right ah. oh mm. one more thing I forgot to mention uh, uh -huh. wrapped inside the burlap sack also were these three vinyl records Ooh, old school. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen vinyl like this before. It's not labeled. It just says one, two, and three. Um, so I figure we'll start off with the first one. And Oh, yeah. Let's give it a listen. Okay. Yeah, so let me put it on the turntable here. Let's get it started. This is definitely not disco. Uh, no. What the? Am I going to have to adjust the speed? I, I can't make out what's being said. It almost sounds like Gregorian chant, but like on crack. Yeah. That this is, is weird. so weird. It, oh, mm. and the record's like almost over. What? Hmm. Let, let me try to put the second one on. You think they would just put on a 45 instead of an LP? Yeah, like why a big 12 inch? Just you know. I don't know. Not that I'm opposed to 12 inches. Um. <laughs> um. Are you feeling kind of weird, though? Like, I don't feel so good. You know, now that you mention it, I am, but I I kind of don't want to talk about it, if that makes any sense. Like, what do you mean? Because I think if you don't want to talk about the same thing I don't want to talk about, I think we might feel weird the same way. Like, did... I don't know for sure, but, like, did we accidentally take Viagra? Yeah, I know. Like, my... my neither regions down there feels very like almost like it's got a mind of its own and it feels incredibly oddly engorged like it's uh possessed right yeah like i'm not sure if these pants can restrain it much longer oh man not I, to be creepy i i gotta run to the bathroom something is definitely wrong here oh oh, oh no Kid my dog! Hit my dog! Hit my dog! Hit my dog! No matter how busy you ever got, you always found time for me. I can't believe I'm never gonna speak to you 
you Midnight Mass creature casters. Welcome back once again for the Evil Dead Rise from 2023. This one is a new film, so I want to make sure up front that you guys are aware uh, that there will be spoilers. Oh, we are going, this episode is going to be super spoiler heavy, and we usually don't give this warning so early, but well, this is a new movie, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I don't want to like this is the newest movie we have ever covered on the show, ever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I'm Mark, and I'm always joined by the ever awesome. I am Bobby. <laughs> I'm Rob, Bobby, whatever you want to call me. Just don't call Just, me late for dinner. I knew you were gonna say that. How did I know that? <laughs> the evil dead, man, they're in your brain. It's like <laughs> I guess so. Um, so like I said, this is a new film. Um, it actually opened up what April 21st, mm -hmm. uh, of this year, um, which was actually just six days past the 40th anniversary of the original evil dead opening. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Now this one you were excited to talk about. And so this is kind of your pick, I would guess say more or less. Would you agree uh, with that? Yeah. Because the okay. first time when I first saw it, well, I actually saw it on April 22nd, I believe. Um, oh, look at you. Yeah. I, I was excited for this. Whenever it comes to like Evil Dead films, I'm so there. And uh, this film was originally meant to be exclusive through HBO Max, but it did so well that the studio decided to release it theatrically, which I would have uh, done both theatrical and streaming for the people like me who don't want to go to movie theaters. Yeah, that's happening more and more in a good way with horror. Um, 
there's a lot of movies that are they're just going to dump on not dump but like just release it streaming mm -hmm. and then the test audiences have reacted in such a way that it's going to the theater first i think like uh, smile was like that uh the boogeyman uh just uh, happened the same way so that's really good for the horror community that you know want to get out there and see these things on a big screen before they are forced just to see it at home on their small screens yeah um yeah now i uh saw this let's see i saw it friday um, and I did not, I didn't want to watch it and take notes. So I actually just watched it straight up, watched it with Walt Friday. Um, and then Saturday I did my note taking. So I, I seen it two times before Ooh, the podcast. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I've watched this movie three times so far. Um, and yeah, I just, I could watch it over and over again. It's just that good. I it's mean, it's pretty fun. Yeah. I usually don't rave about most modern movies. Um, I'm kind of stuck in the in a time warp when it comes to those like horror films, especially when you know eighties, nineties. Um, there aren't many from the two thousands, but this one just it really does it for me. This movie is so good. It's it's pretty fun. Now, so the director is Lee Cronin, and apparently he uh, did a movie. I believe it was called Hole in, the Hole in the Ground. And he was in talks with Sam Raimi to do a, a movie, a film. And he actually came up with the idea of setting it in an apartment building and focusing on a family. And Sam Raimi was so taken with the idea that that's how this movie kind of sprung to life. Um, now, Lee is a huge fan, I guess, of the franchise. His favorite one is apparently Evil Dead 2. So it's not like you're getting some director that has no relationship to the films whatsoever. He's a big fan and he really wanted to, I guess, take it in a new direction, but still stay true to its roots, which yeah. I think he did. Oh, definitely. This is more along the lines of uh, the first Evil Dead film. It, yes, I agree with you. I also, it I think because it's more modern, it still feels like the, uh, uh, was it? Ferdy Alvarez's um, his uh, kind of a imagining of the Evil Dead that came out a few years ago. I think it was 2013. Yeah, that's that's true as well. That that's kind of yeah. Like, um, I think it's like a cool marriage of the two, almost for me. It is, and the crazy thing is that it all all of these films exist within the same universe because we find out in this movie that there are three books, right? Which was kind of brought up in. Um, Army of Darkness. Yeah, that was. Yes. And the uh actually uh Mr. Cronin was mentioning that like the first uh uh since there's three books, you know, the first one was the Evil Dead one, and then the second book came into play with the Fetty Alvarez one, and so he wanted to stay true to that one too. And so he brings up the third one in this one. Yeah, so okay, the first one was the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, right? Okay. Um, and the, I don't know the name of the one in the Fetty Alvarez one, but this one is the something Demontum. Uh, uh, I I, I got in it. my notes when we get to it, but yes, is it uh, uh, Notorum D Notorum D? What you what did you just say? D Demont Notorum Demontum, maybe? Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. Not vagina de, de, uh, dentata. <laughs> vagina dentata. <laughs> yeah, not that one. Not that one. <laughs> That's a different book. Yeah, that's that's a teeth book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's 
he very much wants to stay true to what's been laid down ahead of him. Um, and it was really, there's some really cool stuff. Actually, a lot of my information I'm getting from the latest uh, issue of Fangoria, they did an article with him. And then they also did an article with uh, Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. Um, and they were, they're very cool because they, uh, Mr. Campbell and Mr. Raimi, they were saying how they like having other directors come into the franchise because they want fresh uh talent doing it but they also since they did the first three films in the franchise they feel like they can steer them in ways that would appeal to the fan base mm -hmm. um but also like steer them away from things that like probably would not work out for the best but yeah. they're very open to having new interpretations and stuff which is awesome i think on their part it is and like when you when watching this film you can see Raimi's fingerprints basically all over it's uh the you know, the, you've got a lot of the vomit going on. Oh yeah. Like yes. the bodily <laughs> fluids. And it's like, that's a hundred percent Raimi. And especially like the, uh, the convulsions and animations are, I would liken those to probably drag me to hell where there's a lot of that, you know, that Sam Raimi effect in that film too. Yeah. And of course you get the, uh, whole, uh, eyeball swallowing thing, which was to me, total, <laughs> total evil dead you know, callback, not, yeah. Yeah. And the franchise. Um, what I also thought was cool. And I know that we, before we went on air, you were talking about, you had listened to an interview with, uh, Bruce and Sam. Um, but, uh, Lee, the director was saying that Bruce, I guess is really into audio and he had uh, given him original audio from the films, from the three original films. And so he repeated some of that audio in this movie so like the wind is from the original films that fly at the beginning and the end is from the original films. Oh, the yeah. sound, yeah. which I thought was awesome that he like even went to that level of. Uh, what would you say? A level of. Um, oh, what is where I went? I'm lost now. But like, I know what you want to say, but he, I can't he, say like he either. cared that much. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he, even the smallest level of details. You know, he his callbacks to the film. I thought it was just awesome that he would do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and apparently they used six and a half thousand liters of blood for this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think it was all for that elevator part. <laughs> oh man, that yeah. Now to me that was very shining. I don't know how you felt about it. You know what? I have it shining. in my notes. I was gonna bring that up to you. When the elevator falls and the doors open and all that blood comes out, I was like, that's just like a nod to the shining a hundred percent. Totally. Now, um, one more thing real quick. The movie was actually shot in New Zealand because uh, it was filmed during, like, I guess, COVID. Uh, and they felt that it would be more beneficial to help reduce the risk of COVID uh, outbursts mm. and outbreaks. Um, but unfortunately, the last uh, I think the last nine days left of shooting, they did have some outbreaks. So it postponed uh, the production was shut down for nine weeks Ooh, uh, wow. until they were allowed back to film everything. So it, it, COVID did kind of affect it a little bit that way. But anyway, so that's really mainly like all the kind of, I guess, like little tidbits I have before we get started. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, hmm. Oh, yeah, just, um, well, actually, we can probably get into that when, when we're covering like the certain parts, because, you know, it'll, it'll be a nice Easter egg for everybody who doesn't know. Okay. All right. There you go. So the main premise is... Uh, the family is living in an apartment building. Um, Beth is the estranged sister and she's going to visit her sister, Ellie, 
Um, Ellie is a tattoo artist who uh, we find out later that her husband has left the family. And the family consists of her oldest son, Dan, her middle child, Bridget, and their youngest uh, daughter is Cassie. Um, the apartment building is basically it's going to be condemned. It's, it's going to be torn down in a month. Um, so it's kind of sparsely um, uh, habit, uh, inhabited by different residents. Mm-hmm. Um, really, the only ones we meet are Mr. Uh, Fonda and then um, Gabriel and his two uh, younger siblings. Um, I guess one of the big differences is we've taken the Evil Dead from like a forest setting and thrown it into like a urban apartment setting. Um, and yeah. we've brought children into the picture. Do you know how it messes with you though? Because when the movie first starts, you're in a forested area, you know, a little oh, cabin. Yeah, no, we yeah, we need to spend a lot of time on that one. Like even more time on that than even the actual movie, I think, before. <laughs> yeah. Because the end is or the beginning is the end, or the end is the beginning. Like so, exactly. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's the main focus of the film mm-hmm. is that's the main setup. So like Rob just said. Yeah. Do you want to start it off, Rob, how the film actually begins? Yeah. And it fools us into thinking that that's going to be where the film takes place in the forest, because we're greeted with like the that panning shot of going through a wooded area. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like uh, it's almost like in the Evil Dead, when the when the deadites are looking for a body to possess, they're kind of, you know, just zooming in and out with the cameras and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we come to this strange as hell looking cabin. It's very pointy. It's, a, it's like an A frame, which is really weird because there was a point in time uh that I when, when I was married and Ty was very young, uh, my wife was looking for places to for us to like rent to live in, and the house looked just like that, but it was covered in on the inside with ticks, so we did not rent it. Ooh, wow. But yeah, when I saw that, I like had major flashbacks to an <laughs> earlier point in my life. But yeah. It's, it's a very, it's just like a big triangle house. Yeah. I had <laughs> yeah. never seen a uh, cabin look like that. So that, that was yeah. very, very odd. It made me think yeah. of like Switzerland or something for some reason. Yeah. It's, it's very, very kind of cool looking. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, tucked back in the forest. Now see with me, I knew it was set in an apartment building. So I was busy trying to think about how is this going to come into play and how are we going to get the family you know, from here to the apartment building. That's what I was trying to like get through in my mind. And similarly, I was trying to do that as well, but in a different way, because it was telling me that this was, this occurred in a Los Angeles apartment. And I was like, wait a minute, why are we in the woods with, (laughs) (laughs) with these three people, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it all makes sense when you watch the movie as a whole. Yeah. So, Um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't want to talk over you. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's fine. I was just going to say, like, apparently there's uh what's the girl's name? Hold on. Uh, Teresa. Yeah. Teresa. Yeah. Teresa. Maribai Pease. Mm-hmm. But I don't know her from anything else that she's done. Yeah. I've never seen her in anything. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, she's the sister, I'm guessing, of this other Jessica. Cousin. Cousin. Oh, cousin. She's Jessica's okay. cousin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and Jessica is not feeling well. She's in the cabin. Um, she was given some Xanax or Clonopin or something. Yeah. 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 Um, and so we're just left with these two people and Jessica is calling the, who's the, who's the dude? Um, 
uh, Caleb uh, Richard Crouchley is her boyfriend, is Jessica's boyfriend. Okay. That, uh, Teresa does not care for at all. Yeah, it um, calls him the boy yeah. toy. Yeah, or the the meat uh, meat puppet. Yes, the meat puppet. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so yeah, she gets tired of him messing around with his drone out by the docks, and she goes into the cabin and she's reading Wuthering Heights. Yes, uh-huh. Um, and talking to Jessica, and Jessica is pretty unresponsive because let's face it, she's basically high as hell and possessed. <laughs> and possessed. Yeah, I think it's I think yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, um, yeah. the good part is uh, when it comes up, it's like she's reading a certain passage in the book and then Jessica is sitting up and basically uh, reading from the book, but she doesn't she doesn't have the book in front of her, but she's reading the book or yeah, she's like book. vocalizing the lines. Yeah, that's in front of Teresa. Yeah. Much like the callback to the card game. Uh, that the two girls are playing from the Evil Dead where she's trying to guess the cards and the, the, the ones clearly not guessing it, Ash's girlfriend, I don't remember their names, um, but she's not guessing it right. But the one who's become possessed after the, the tree attack mm, is totally oh, guessing yeah. all the cards, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. So she's got this word for word. Yeah. And uh, that freaks out Teresa. And uh, is this where Jessica kind of tips over off the bed and, yeah, she just drops to yeah. the side of the bed <laughs> and starts spitting out like milky, milky white fluid. You know, some again. He, this is the beginning where we get like the the Raimi vomit thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I think is really cool at play here because in the beginning, um, like the scene that you were talking about, you know, with like what looked like uh, at the beginning of the evil dead where it's like flying through. That's actually a drone shot. Okay. Um, because Caleb was messing with his drone and that was the drone flying through there that Caleb was playing with. And he almost hits Teresa with that drone. And she's like, you're going to take the top of my head off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I get it. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, she doesn't like Caleb. And so she's actually going in there to ask for the keys. Cause she just wants to leave because she doesn't, no one else showed up. So it's basically she's a third wheel with this guy she doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then Jessica's out of it anyway. So she's kind of stuck with Caleb and she's wanting to go. And she's <laughs> got this braid she keeps fiddling with on the side of her head. Yeah. And th- there's a lot of foreshadowing with that kind of stuff. Oh, a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I wanted to mention the whole drone thing, because it's important to, you know, get that drone in there because. You think it might be the evil dead, but it's actually the drone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Caleb makes mention that, you know, the drone wouldn't cut her head off. It would just, uh, what I think he says, just like, uh, like, uh, scramble your face real good or something like that, which again is foreshadowing yeah. out the wazoo. <laughs> yeah. So now we're back inside, like you were saying, and then this is when she's spitting up the blood, which freaks Teresa out. Yeah. And, um, she, let me see. I, I mean, I've seen this movie three times already, but there are still parts where it's like, I don't know if she's uh, dead or Teresa is like trying checking if she's dead. And then Jessica grabs yes. her by the neck and says something about who's the meat puppet now. Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> we get that. Oh, man. Oh, and th- this would be right at home with the Fulci film. <laughs> Oh yeah, Where totally. People, yeah, people getting the backs of their heads ripped off, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so she gets scalped. 
Yeah, she just grabs that braid and pulls it right all off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She calls her. She says, who's the brainless meat puppet? And then she rips now, the braid yeah. off. And, mm -hmm. Ooh, that that was pretty gruesome. Yeah. And then uh, for some reason, Teresa has the wherewithal to run out to the uh, the. Uh, uh, what's the word I want? I'm losing it now. The little the like. Doc? Uh, Doc, thank you that Caleb is still on taking a leak into the river because he's Caleb. <laughs> and uh, she's like screaming for help. Um, and then he turns around and sees Jessica coming down after her. And that's when Jessica grabs the drone. And just like he said, it won't cut your head off. It'll just scramble your face up. And she just jabs the drone into her face. Oh, yeah. That was like this from like right the opening minutes of this movie. It's like, you know what you're in for. Oh, yes. Yes, you do. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, and then she tumbles backwards and then Caleb decides he's going to save her and jumps in after her because he doesn't really know quite what's going on other than Teresa's <laughs> scalp has been ripped off. Um, and underwater, something horrible transpires. And oh, then, uh, man. The, the bubbling of the water is like just Jaws yeah. kind of thing where it's and then the head comes flying onto the dock and it's yep. just like. Like, how the hell do you rip a head with the shoulder still attached? Uh, I guess <laughs> if you're the evil dead, you could do anything you want. Right. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. And then I love this part so much. So Jessica, like, rises out of the water. But at the same time, the tree line behind her, as she's rising, the title of the movie Evil Dead Rise comes up behind her. Yeah, that is amazing. And then inside of the lettering is all the illustration from the book that we'll see later in mm -hmm. the letters which is so cool. Yeah, that was like, and that's where I thought I was like, okay, where are they going to take us with this movie now? Because we've seen at the cabin. So like, how does this family in Los Angeles tie into it? And mm -hmm. like, that's and when we get cut to a gritty, dirty city and um, Beth in the bathroom taking a pregnancy test. And it says one day earlier. Oh yeah, that's right. One day earlier. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then uh, just really quick, I don't know if we said it, but Jessica was played by Anna Marie Thomas. And I don't know anything else that this uh, actress has done. But yeah, so Beth, like you said, she's taking a pregnancy te test. Um, Beth is played by Lily Sullivan. And the only thing I know her from is she was um, in the movie Jungle from 2017 with Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, it was based on a true story about three gentlemen get, that get stranded. I believe it was the Amazon rainforest. Um, I think they were like photographers. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty intense. So I highly recommend that. But yeah, that's uh, that's Beth. That's Lily. Um, huh. And then Beth is pretty much they keep referring to her as a groupie, but she pretty much works on like uh, guitars and stuff. She like handles bands equipment is what she does. Yeah, she's a guitar tech. Yeah, she's a guitar tech. Exactly. Yeah. So she's arriving and uh, she's basically returning home in quotation marks uh, to visit her sister Ellie um, because she's pregnant and she kind of wants some advice, help, like what to do with the situation. Yeah. And she's not very forthcoming. So there's, yeah, you get that feeling of uh, possible estrangement between the two sisters where it's like, um, she thinks that maybe um, Ellie is going to be judgmental or, you know, there, there's like, there's kind of a tension between the two. I, okay. Yes. Okay. I'm so glad we get to have this conversation. Um, I don't know that Ellie's in my, okay. This is how I see it. 
I don't know that she's worried that Ellie's going to be judgmental. I think it's almost like in her mind, she's just messed up and that's par for the course and she just doesn't want to admit it. Because, oh, does that okay. make sense? Yeah, that does. What I'm thinking, what I'm saying, not that you're wrong or anything. I just, to me, Ellie doesn't seem, I think she may not understand Beth's life path, but I don't really think she thinks less of her for it, maybe. Right, yeah. Um, does that make sense? Because I don't really get the impression that Ellie's all that put together either. No, she, <laughs> she doesn't seem to be. Um, but no. They kind of allude to certain things that... Um, like a Beth is just like mom and maybe mom wasn't all that put together either. Mm -hmm. um, well, either, even both of these, these women, I don't get the impression that they probably had a strong in certain ways, uh, like a strong, um, well, in some ways they do. I, I got to finish the sentence that they mainly uh, had like a strong um, maternal figure that they looked up to. Because they right. both kind of make those jabs about mom. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Where I guess um, maybe Beth feels kind of inadequate because Ellie has, uh, or to to the best of Beth's knowledge, Ellie has, uh, you know, the father of the children there and, the, and her three kids. And she's like just making, making the best out of a situation. And, uh, but then when Beth shows up, she's like, oh, I don't know. It, you get that tension where it's like between the two, it it feels as though Beth feels like she's inadequate in a way. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um. So right, she, right. she's like, she's not just going to come out and say, Hey, I'm pregnant. It's nice to see you, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Now. And then, so you've already mentioned it. So um, Ellie uh, has three children. Ellie is of course played by Alyssa Sutherland. The only two things I know her from is she was in the devil wears Prada from 2000 and then don't look up from 2009. Um, hmm. Just really quick. She was a, uh, uh, Alyssa Sutherland was a model before. I was um, going to say, cause she is super tall. She, and she's great for the role like phys physically. Oh yes. Like she's imposing. Like she's, yeah. That. And she's very lanky and like they do a lot with her digits, like with her toes and her fingers. Mm -hmm. And it's just, she is the perfect person to portray Ellie in this movie, I think. And like um, just her eyes, like her eyes. Oh, in, yeah. In regular, like the way that the the way that her eyes are set in her face. And like she apparently she took like to to prepare for the role as like doing her alternate personality. She took inspiration from Jim Carrey's performance in The Mask. And <laughs> interesting. I could see that. And so like the way her facial contortions and that crazy smile she's got on her face, uh -huh. it's, it's so unnerving. And it's just like, yeah. she's, I couldn't see anybody else playing this woman. Like she is perfect for it. Yeah. No, I actually, I enjoyed the casting all the way around. Mm -hmm. Um, But her in particular, because of just the physicality that's needed for the role. I just thought she was great. Oh yeah. Um, great. So, her oldest son is Danny, and that's Morgan Davies. I don't know anything else that Thespian has done. Same thing with the other two. Bridget is the middle child. She's her oldest daughter, and that's Gabrielle Eccles. And then the youngest one is Cassie, and that's Nell Fisher. Now, really quick, at the very beginning, we're given like real quick, like glimpses into the kids. So right. like Danny's what? into music. <laughs> yep. What yeah, do you do? 
yeah, into vinyl and everything. And then <laughs> Bridget's like this activist, this social <laughs> activist. Which I thought was great because you see her painting a sign. And yeah, uh, <laughs> I love it. And then Cassie's just like this weird kid. Yeah, who, uh, who beheads dolls to to create other, other things. Well, I love the whole premise. So she's beheading this doll because the high rise or the apartment that they live in is built above a bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so Dan, oh, go ahead. And there's a ghost apparently. Like somebody told her there's like, was it Danny? Danny? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. a ghost that um will kill them or haunt the halls or something like that. And so she's like money in your pockets yeah. change or something. Yeah. <laughs> so she's creating this thing with a broomstick, I guess. And she puts the doll's head on it and she calls it Staphne. Yeah, um, Staphne. That's yeah. fantastic. So it's, sharp, it's sharp. The yeah. bottom's like <laughs> deathly sharp. Yeah. Don't go running with that, kids. Yeah. but And so mom's a tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, they're, it's set up so that they're, they're very close-knit, though. It's not like they all hate each other. They get along very well, uh, yeah. even though they live in the world's darkest apartment for some reason. And you know what else is funny? It's like, you know, that interaction between them where uh, the little kid hits, <laughs> hits yes. the older sister with Staphne. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> she runs into the, the boy's room and he's doing his uh, DJ thing. And then it's like they both I thought they were going to beat the crap out of the little girl, but no, they both get her and they're like tickling her and stuff. Yeah. So no, they're very like, tightly knit. Yeah, I really like it a lot. funny to see. Yeah. Um, but okay. So that was one thing like to me, I don't know quite why the apartment was so dark. I get like after the thunderstorm, but like, I wish it had been lighter. Yeah. I think and it's what, to the, that whole gritty vibe going on, you know? Okay. And then the layout did, it seemed like a maze and it seemed gigantic. Yeah, that it did. There was a lot of rooms in there. Yeah. Like it was hard to get the layout of the place. Like mm-hmm. I like movies that kind of set up you 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 get a feel for your environment, like how it is situated. And I found this one really difficult to figure out the exact layout of things. Right, because you never knew how far away the kitchen was from the bedroom or uh the if there was a living room or what was that little room the mom was in when she was fixing her uh tattoo gun. And- uh, yeah, or that part where uh it comes later, but she's in the dark. And she's doing the whole eeny, meeny, miny thing. Oh, yeah. And was that the dining room? Yeah. Yeah. But then she attacks Gabriel. So clearly that was like the front entryway. I thought that was her bedroom. I don't, I was all like, kind of like discombobulated with the setup of the thing. Right. Um, I kind of just gave up on trying to figure out the navigating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. You're just kind of like, okay, this is the bedroom. Okay. This is another bedroom. This is the kid. Yeah. Um, She showed up in the middle of all this chaos and everything. And I love, I love the part where the doorbell rings and Ellie goes to look, but there's no one there. And then out of nowhere, Beth is like, surprise. And she just clocks her in the face. Oh, and that was my first jump scare. But like, I, (laughs) I love the, I love the way that she just gets punched in the face. Yeah. I love that Or not punched. It's kind of like palmed in the face, I guess. Yeah. She just kind of like clocks her. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Um, but then we kind of like, as they're getting situated, you know, she's brought all these things back for the kids in LA from Bangkok, where she just got back and everything. And then she keeps asking about Jay, which is Ellie's husband. 
uh, who I'll be honest with, I wouldn't have let him go because he was rocking a pretty nice beard. Um, but he's gone um, out of the picture. Um, <clears throat> and so Beth didn't know this because she didn't listen to her cell phone. Right. She hasn't checked her voicemail in two months, apparently. Yeah. And Ellie's left her two messages, like kind of wanting to talk to her about all this, but she didn't kind of got too busy, didn't bother to pick it up. So yeah. we're kind of privy to their relationship here. Um, and then we also, in the interim, get to meet uh, two of the younger neighbors who want Bridget to come watch uh, all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies with them, but she turns that down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think it was the the little sister who... Yes, Cassie, who says, with a mop on her head. <laughs> yeah, your boyfriends are weird. <laughs> yeah, she's standing with a mop on her head. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so weird. Um, but they decide that they're going to have pizza for dinner. Mm -hmm. And so Ellie allows Dan to drive Bridget and Cassie to go pick up the pizza. And the pizza place is called Henrietta's. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Does that mean something? Yeah, it's a reference to Henrietta Nobi, the demon in the basement from Evil Dead 2. Oh, there you go. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's um, there's little Easter eggs peppered throughout this movie. It's fantastic. That's pretty cool. Um, so the sisters are kind of having their heart to heart in the bathroom while the kids are out getting pizza. Mm -hmm. In the interim, there's an earthquake. The kids have gotten back. They're at the basement garage, parking the car, and there's a fissure that opens up. Due to the earthquake, the crack leads to a hole, which I would have never done this, but Dan decides to jump down in the hole and do some investigating, yeah, which there's little, no way in hell I would have done that. A little spelunking here and there, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Um, no. Especially if there, all right, there was just an earthquake. And then yes. Let no, me that's check how out this hole. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they find your corpse. Um, right. No. So, of course, this ties into they already like kind of planted the little seed. It was a bank and everything. So there's a bank vault down yeah. there. Um, now, I love the Jesus jump scare. Oh, that I in my mind, like when that happens it, and like you see the statue, I was like, Jesus Christ, that was scary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love the Jesus jump scare. Um, so there's like it, it. Would you call it like an altar? What would you call the thing that the book was kept in? Oh, man. You know. And this reminded me so much of Drag Me to Hell because it had like that little uh, visuals kind of thing with, with the, all the crosses and the nails. Oh, yeah. That was it. So like above whatever we're talking about, like a like a tomb, altar, something, whatever. Yeah. It's like this marble thing encasing the book that, you know, Dan eventually steals. There's all these like medallions, like crosses and medallions and stuff. Just the whole roof is covered with these things hanging down above the the marble tomb thing. It's just such a striking visual, I think. Yeah, it is. It really, it, and it's so dank and dark. It's like, Oh yeah. You're disgusting. just like put right there with it. And so you can mm -hmm. feel that the tension you, and everything. And you know how it would smell. Oh man. Ugh. Cause there, so there was a dead body in there, right? That the, the first person who was possessed was apparently buried with the book. Uh, inside of that stone tomb and that like all the religious artifacts were there to like keep that thing in check. Keep, right. <laughs> which did not work. Um, and then, so we already mentioned before that Dan's into vinyl. And of course he finds these three vinyl albums down right. there with it, which I love that they made 
final albums of this. I don't know why. I just thought that was really cool. Like, did they have vinyl records in the 20s? Like, when did the when did the phonograph come out? Yeah, I think vinyls have been around for quite a while, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Now, with the digital download code, I thought that was pushing it. <laughs> right, the um, digital download code. And you get the yeah. ebook of the... <laughs> the ebook reader. <laughs> Tormentum, Dementum something. <laughs> right. <laughs> you get it on Kindle. <laughs> right, on Kindle. Oh, um, but now, so Ellie's freaking out because, you know, the earthquake, the kids are gone. They're not back yet. Yeah. And so she goes to borrow um, Gabe, who's her neighbor, uh, who seems like a really sweet guy. She goes to borrow his phone, but then he offers to just let her use his car to go help. And she's going to go with her. And then Gabe is the older sibling of the two younger boys who came over, Scott and Jake. To, I thought uh, he was the, the father. I don't think so. I think he's their brother. I think. Okay. Because they were talking about since mom's gone, they're going to watch these. I just think so. Um, hmm. So is, um, all right, that I'm, I'm just trying to make sense of this because I thought he was the dad, but um, let's see, let's see, let's see. So is the father, does the father show up? No, I think they're being raised by their mom and their mom is out. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. I thought there was another person, but no, there's not. Well, there's Mr. Fonda, but he lives on the other side. Right. And I was thinking that, um, you know, the the one the one you're talking about, Gabriel, mm-hmm, um, Gabe, I uh-huh. thought because when he does the prayer and everything, that's when I thought, like, maybe he's like some kind of a priest or something. <laughs> um, but no, now, not just, to be stereotypical. I think it's because they're supposed to be. I, I think they're supposed to be like foreign, Hispanic kind of. Uh, they look, um, what's the word? Like the native New, Ze- native New Zealanders. I, I don't know what they're called. Yeah, well, uh, but it, the whole prayer thing, I think, is supposed to tie in that they are, that would be culturally appropriate for them. Okay. That's what I thought that was about. All right, I just thought he was like some kind of a priest. No, I really do think, and I don't think he's a priest at all. I think it's just like for their culture, they would be praying. Okay. That's that's where I'm going with this. That's what I think that you're supposed to take from that. I I believe. I okay, think. so yeah, that makes sense. Like, if there's three brothers, then yeah, he would probably be the eldest brother. Yeah, that's yeah, because they made that mention that mom's out. Okay, yeah. See, I guess I didn't pay too much attention to that. That's that's why I think that's why I'm reading into it. Because okay. they didn't say mom's out. Dad says we can come over and watch it. They just said mom's out. You right, and, and I just it. like I just assumed that the oldest one was the father. <laughs> Gotcha. I could be wrong. I, I, heaven knows I could totally be wrong, but I just, I'm just kind of filling in the, the blanks here by stuff they've given us. But anyway. looking at, looking at the photograph and remembering him from the movie, he really looks a little too young to kind of have a child who's Jake and Scott. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he yeah. looks to be maybe 20 while Jake looks maybe 15 and right. Yeah. 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 So or, I, yeah. I doubt that he's the father. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, where were we at? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Oh, so she's getting ready to go look for the kids when they show up on the elevator. Mom freaks out that you're never supposed to use an elevator during an earthquake. Yeah, which I love because I mean, you're not supposed to, but that that's also a foreshadowing of what comes shortly thereafter. Oh, yeah. And so is this because Mr. Fonda comes out from next door across the, uh, across the, um, what would you call it? Across the, across the hall? hall. Across the hall. Thank <laughs> you. 
And uh, he's mentioning that his cat is lost up in the uh, ductwork. Oh, yeah. And he's kind of abrasive at first, but then, like, he's not really a bad guy, you know? Oh, not at all. Yeah, not at all. You think he's going to be a dick, but he's not. Yeah. So just very quickly, Gabriel is Jaden Daniels. Don't know him from anything. Um, Scott is the older of the two younger siblings. Um, No, sorry. No, Scott is the youngest, right? Yeah. Jake is the older of the two younger siblings. That's Billy Reynolds uh, McCarthy. And then Scott is the younger, and that's Ty Wano. But Mr. Fonda is Mark Mitchinson, who was in Underworld Rise of the Lycans. Really? From 09. Yes. He was also in uh, Spartacus from 2010, four episodes of that, which is, again, gay porn. Um, <laughs> then, then he was in Ash versus the Evil Dead. He was Crosby, two episodes. And he has done a ton of Power Rangers things, a ton of them. I didn't, I didn't even bother writing them all down. He was in so many Power Rangers things. So I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Wow, really? Because yeah, is yeah. that the one you were kind of waiting to spring? Yes. Out? Okay. That was it. Yeah. That was it. Yep. Uh, so anyway, so she freaks out. They shouldn't have been on the elevator. Blah blah blah. And like you said, that's total foreshadowing. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And we don't know it until like she she comes back to a little later to do the laundry. Mm-hmm, exactly. Is that what she? I want to talk to you about that. It looked like she was holding a laundry basket. Yeah, but she had shoes in it. Oh really? Shoes? I didn't notice that. I just saw a bunch of clothing. I want to talk to you about that. We'll get to that anyway. Okay. So Dan's got the book and he's showing it to Bridget. He thinks it's valuable. It's going to help mom out with money and everything. So he's kind of almost like trying to convince Bridget that it's okay that he kind of like took the stuff and stole it. (laughs) He liberated Uh, it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, But it's got these like, it's, it's very different than any of the other books we've seen in prior films. It's got these sharp, like it really does remind me of like uh, the Venus flytrap, these like sharp pointed, teeth yeah it does and and it doesn't have the face like the other two books right no it's just kind of veiny mm-hmm. on the top yeah but so it uh it uh bridget i believe bridget yeah pricks her finger on it trying to open it um, oh no that was uh that was dan actually he okay it was dan okay so he yeah and it opens and then the illustrations inside are like freaking bridget out she just wants no part of it and she slams it closed and she makes him promise he's going to return it Tomorrow morning, because he's like, mom's not going to let me out of the house tonight to do it. <laughs> it's like a white. And if she knew where he was going, she wouldn't let him go back down into the parking garage. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to climb in this hole in the basement, mom. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you get that scene kind of between Beth and Cassie, where Cassie's talking about like being afraid of the water in the bathtub. And it's that weird freak out scene with the rubber ducky and Beth. Yeah, and I, I can see like. That was me as a little kid. Like if I had gotten stung by a jellyfish, I would not get in anything with water. (laughs) It was like the (laughs) hell with that. Right, right. But there's also that scene, that same scene where Beth gets her first kind of like stomach pain. Yeah. And is that normal for pregnancy? Like does. I I don't think so. I think it's. I think in my mind, it's something to do with what's already kind of taking hold of everything. I okay. Think. Like just more foreshadowing. I think so. Yes. That's me. I could be wrong, but I, I kind of think that's where it's going with this. I think. Well, it is because if you remember, um, I'm not going to jump to it right now, but the scene with uh, the middle child in the kitchen 
where yes, she's talking exactly. about creepy crawlies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, of course, DJ Dan awakens the dead by playing the <laughs> albums. <laughs> Was it uh, when he played the first record or when he put the second record on when the when they were doing that little chant? Oh, gosh, I don't remember. I just know that they mentioned like they give a little bit of exposition. It's the overseas uh, missionaries find it and mm-hmm. it's the Notorum Dimata Book of the Dead. Yeah. And um, um, then we get the uh, like, I guess he's speaking at a college and he's like, this could change the way we see things. And then one of the voices is like, burn it or destroy it. It must be destroyed. Something like mm-hmm. that. And uh, yeah. there's Mr. Bruce Campbell right there. Yes. And they were they were trying to be shut down by other people, but they had to eventually start doing the translations in secret. Yes. Uh, yeah. So they should have known better, but they didn't. Of course. Not, um, we wouldn't have right. had a movie otherwise. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now, this is what I want to talk to you about. So <laughs> mom's got this pile of clothes. And she makes it mention that they've only got a month to be there and everything, but it's she's got like shoes. And is she throwing this stuff away? I don't know what she, cause like if she's doing laundry, why does she have shoes? Cause she's got shoes on top of the pile. Do you think, um, the goodwill maybe? Like- I, I guess, I don't know. Cause that's another thing I want to talk about. She's the most, cause there's like one or two things, scenes where she's like packing and I'm using like quotation marks and she's just like pulling like a one or two books off and just like toss them into a box. I'm like, that's not how you pack for a move. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like moving is like the last thing on this woman's mind. I get, I don't know if it's cause like, she's not like addressing it because she's in denial because her husband's left and she just doesn't know what to do. Or she's just that like, Oh, whatever. I don't know what it is, but it was like really making me tense. Cause I'm like, you've got this whole big apartment and you've got a month to pack up lady. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's just so lackadaisical about the whole thing. And maybe um, she's putting it off because like you said, uh, the husband left and she also doesn't really know what, like where they're going to live, what's going to, you know, what she's going to do. Like, yeah. Cause yeah. Uh, as the kid Dan brought up, they don't really have a lot of money. So he wants to help her out with money in any way that he can. Yeah. Well, that was adding a whole nother level of tension for Mark mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. So <laughs> the deadites and then the move. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the, she even stops at the, at the exit to take the stairs and she contemplates it. And she's like, no, I'll just take the elevator, which I'm like, mom, you should have listened to your own advice. Right. You're telling your kids not to take it, but you don't fall practice what you preach. Mm -hmm. So once she's on the elevator, that's when everything that's been talked about on the vinyl gets summoned up and she's basically attacked on the elevator. Yeah. And did you see like the pages of the Demontum, whatever the hell you call it? No, Torum Demata. Yeah. Um, The pages flipped to an image of what looked like to be the mother inside the elevator being tormented. Like, but very abstract where you could read into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like an actual elevator with the mom, but like every, and it does this more than once in the movie, but it's, you could read into the illustration as to what's transpiring on the screen. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now about the attack. So she's basically attacked from above by a cable. She's like lifted up by her neck and then it starts. Basically it comes alive and all the cables kind of like wrap themselves around her limbs and everything. Oh, and then they Um, twist the hell out of her. 
twist the hell out of her. Now, this attack, even though it's non-sexual, it reminded me a lot of the movie The Entity with Barbara Hershey. Have you ever seen that one? I think I have, yeah. Okay, it reminded me a lot of that. And then just the image, once she was all like twisted up, it reminded me of, of Hellraiser for some reason. That too, but there like that. Yeah, didn't the like didn't that whole attack scene also remind you? Like, I'm gonna be referencing Drag Me to Hell quite a bit, but oh, okay, just like the way the way that like bodies are contorted in that movie as well, where mm-hmm. when the demon is like pulling pulling the victim back down into hell, and it's like bones are being broken and all kinds of hell is breaking yeah. loose. And do you think this was kind of a callback to the whole forest scene from the first one where you're like, oh, is that going to happen to her? But it doesn't. Oh, where the vines. Are like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think Which I'm so. glad it didn't. Yeah, because yeah. there are no vines in the building. So they've got to make do with like the cables and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but so there's basically a blackout because of all this whole electricity thing going on. And then Dan slams the book shut and it's thundering outside and everything. Mm-hmm. Um. But then Bridget realizes that it's just them that's out of electricity. It's not anyone else, really. Yeah, which is weird. That entire building just got blown out because of stupid Dan playing the records. Exactly. And then this is when the Cat, Cassie and Beth realize that mom's not in the building at all. Oh, because they go into her bedroom. Yeah, and it's empty. And then so we see Bridget like lighting all the candles. It's like Pier 1. She's like lighting all the candles and Dan's messing with the fuse box and mom kind of like staggers back in to the oh, kitchen. Oh yeah. She is not looking good. Oh yeah. No, she's going to make some eggs and get real creepy on it. <laughs> oh man. It's, that like, and the, I, the, the squishy moist things that they do with this movie, man, I'm telling you. Oh yeah. So she's <laughs> making the world's worst omelet. <laughs> Because she just throws the eggs in there, like shells and all. Yeah. And talking about like a dream that she had where she wanted to cut them open and crawl inside of their bodies so they could be together forever. Yeah. Again, foreshadowing. Um, But I love the way they had the camera set up. So like on the one side of the screen was Beth and the kids, but then just like basically the mom's eyes, but at a different angle. Oh, and did you notice one eye was looking at something and the other eye moved? Yes. Okay, so there's an Italian horror movie called Beyond the Door. And it had Juliet Mills in it from Nanny and the Professor. Okay, so little Mark saw this on TV. And what it was was an Italian kind of ripoff of The Exorcist, except the mom became possessed. Okay, And it scared the bejesus out of me as a kid, because just the thought of your mom, who you would go to for comfort, being possessed by the devil, Mm -hmm. freaked me out, Rob. And this this reminded me of that. I'm like, wow, I'm really getting vibes of beyond the door here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like with the eye thing, um, the new it movie, the the guy who plays the clown. Yes. Pennywise. Uh He can the do that. Guard. Yeah, the scars. Yes. One of the scars guard brothers. Yeah, yeah. He can actually do that with his eye. And I was like, is that something that like Nordic people can do with their eyes? Because obviously, <laughs> this woman is Scandinavian or something. <laughs> I I don't know if she actually did it or not. But also in the movie I'm talking about, there's a scene where the the mom is doing that too. She's oh, like one kids, of her eyes is moving, and then the other one. Yeah, but Juliet Mills cannot really do that. It was just a special effect. But like, yeah, and it was so creepy. I remember. Yeah. 
Um, and she's like stumbling, like she can't, what was it? Melody. And she couldn't get the word melody out. Yeah. She, like her brain was like Ooh. short circuiting. Yeah. She was, oh, it's so creepy. Yeah. And like, then I uh, think that at that point she was in the process of, but like she was still partly herself, but like the possession was yeah. taking place. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. Um, because, and then they, they kind of introduced the whole like jab, the J horror thing where they crawl. Oh yeah. 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 That's, that's kind of a new one, I think for these. And the, these uh, the contortions, it just, it looks yes. like it was painful. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so sh- there's that vomit scene, which I love that because I'm like, that seems like it would be your body's natural reaction to this thing entering you is just trying to purge it out. Yeah. That was a lot of vomit. Oh, it was a lot of vomit. They just all stood there and watched. Excessive like, vomit. Let's watch. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, it's in me. And she's like, don't let it take my babies. Yeah. And I didn't understand that because I, at first I thought she just said baby. And I was like, wait a minute, is she pregnant? Oh yeah. No, she's like, don't, don't let it take my babies. Oh, um, okay. And that's, and then like immediately Bridget kicks into like mama mode with Cass. Yes. Um, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and this is also when you get Beth and Dan realizing that they're cut off. Like they can't use the elevator. The stairs are trashed. Like they are stuck there. Yeah. And like um, the fire escape is locked for some reason. Yeah. That's why I told Walt, I'm like, you want to make sure if you're in an apartment building, you have a direct route out in case, not like <laughs> this, but in case there's like a fire or something. Yeah. Like how, how much of a slumlord is the landlord that, you know, the fire escape gets blocked. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. uh, I think they were saying something about the fourth floor being like completely dead. There, there was nobody there and it's like all messed up. Well, in like later we'll find out that Jessica was on the fifth floor and she, that floor was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or was it the third so, floor? I'm sorry. Jessica was on the fifth floor. Yeah. But they were on the fourth floor, right? These guys? Yeah. Oh, were they? Was it just the fourth floor? I thought I, they were higher. I don't know. Honestly, I thought like, because they were saying something about one of the floors being like completely unlivable that, and uh, nobody can go through there. And well, these guys would definitely not been on the fourth floor because that wouldn't make sense for Jessica to have been on the fifth floor because she okay. was lower than these guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. guess we'll just leave it at the, they were uh, on some floor. <laughs> yeah, I think they were much higher, I think. Um, I think, um, at least higher than the fifth floor. Yeah, probably. Um, so they've got her basically because they think she's like hurt, but then they come to the assumption she's dead. So they've got her in bed and that's when Gabriel does the prayer thing like you were talking about. And I love that Mr. Fonda's in the room and he's like, you know, what the hell happened to her face? It looked like someone's beat her up. (laughs) Because I'm like, you know, why has no one else made that connection yet? Because she looked horrible. Oh, yeah, she did. She looked horrible. Um, So that's when the two of them go to try to find the uh, ladder, Mr. Fonda and Gabe. And uh, Uh, the the other creepy thing is that her eyes would not stay shut. Right. (laughs) They they tried to close her eyes and they would just pop back open. (laughs) Yes. I think it's called black. It's 
Mario Baba directed it. Is it Black Sunday? It's like an antho- a horror anthology. And one of them involves like this woman's corpse. And it reminded me a lot of this scene too. Um, I think it's Black Sunday, but it's it's very good. I recommend it to people too. And it's really creepy. Uh, it reminded me a lot of this, this scene here. Anyway, um, but then this is where the kids are kind of like in another room comforting each other. And Beth is sitting there feeling badly about how she's kind of treated Ellie and everything. And her cell phone goes off. And it's Ellie's oh, voice man. saying that she's burning alive. Right, and like on the, re- the voicemail is playing, but then Ellie yeah. is- Yeah. Yeah. And then you get that fly that oh, lands boy. on Ellie's open eye. <laughs> Ramey, Ramey once again, right oh, there. Oh, yeah. And then so Ellie sits back up and now she's back in the world of the living, but she's not really alive. No, she's not. She's no longer Ellie. No, 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 no. So the kids come back in and they see mom's, you know, alive and they, she's burning up and they submerge her in that- uh, uh, an ice bath, basically, or cold water, because Bridget's going to go get ice. Um, but mom's not having it. And she basically like shoots up and levitates on the little like compartment above the uh, bathtub. Yeah, like a cat would. You know? Yeah. And that's why I was saying like they show her like fingers and toes and she's they're like curled around. Like, I yeah. love it so much. Um, and the water, like she lets out this scream that boils yes. the water. And then the mirror cracks. Yeah. She just drops and falls back into the water. Like, I love that scene too. She just like, cause you'd like kill yourself if you <laughs> <laughs> fell into a little shallow tub like that. You like, oh, yeah. your head open. You'd, yeah. you'd be dead. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then this is where she gives the line that mommy's with the maggots now, which is creepy as hell. Oh, because that the, they do that whole J horror thing where like the hands come up out of the tub first. Yeah. And then yeah. you see like this grinning evil face and mm-hmm. uh, it's like the mom starts to slither her way out of the tub. It's, oh, it's so yeah. unnerving. Everything about this movie is unsettling. And I love the fact that she's, uh, because they show her, she's actually dyed her hair like red. Mm-hmm. So she's got this flaming red hair and, she, you know, her nails, like she's kind of like, uh, not goth, but she's she's hip, you know? So she's this hip tattoo artist with these like jet black nails. So it makes like for a very cool uh, image, you know, mm-hmm. you, with, with this dead eye, with this red hair, these black nails. It's just a very cool image. Yeah. So she's come out of the shower and she's got the shard of the broken mirror and she's attacking Bridget with it. And she, no, I'm sorry, she attacks Beth, her sister with it and just drives the shard through her hand. Right through the hand. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And then, so Bridget's trying to get mom to stop. And then mom turns on her and takes her like tattoo gun and starts like going at uh, Bridget's cheek with it. Yeah. And I wanted to talk to you about this because um at first it had me confused like how do the like how do the other people get possessed but then i actually my question was kind of answered in the next scene where she tattoos her own face first and gets like her blood and then she kind of tattoos the daughter with you know her possessed blood and that's how um she becomes possessed and then she leans down and like does that tongue thing too, which I also oh, think yeah. helps. Yeah. <laughs> she licks the and wound. She, yeah. And then she, she uh, calls it, um, calls them titty sucking parasites, which I'm like, Oh my God. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the, so this is the part we were t- discussing earlier where they like, I think it's Dan that like hits her with a chair or Beth, one of the two and knocks her back in that dark, like 
room. Mm-hmm. And so this, just the hand with the black nail comes out and she's doing like the eeny, meeny, miny, mo game with them. Yeah. But it's interrupted by Gabe pounding on the door. Oh, and this is when uh, Gabe gets eyeball ripped out, right? She like crawls up him like a cat and she's like, yeah. And it's like this weird POV shot, like, like looking down on the two of them. And she just like goes for it and like, yeah, gets his eye. Yeah. Like, did she bite it out or did she kind of bite and then suck the eyeball right out of the socket? Like, I think she probably like kind of sucked in and bit the like cord off because she shoots it out of her mouth into, um, the brother's mouth. Oh yeah. Into one of the kids. Yeah. And so the older one into uh, Jake's mouth. Yeah. This makes sense because, okay, she bit the guy's eye. So her fluids got into his eye, into his Mm -hmm. socket. And then like, also that she, the thing that she spit out of her mouth, the other, the other eldest son choked on and died. So it's like, therefore anything that's been in her body would create like new deadites. Like that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Now, what are your thoughts on Jake swallowing the eyeball? Do you care? Was it, mm. did you love it? Was it, cause it's clearly a callback. It was, I didn't think he was going to die from it. I, more so thought like he would just swallow it and be like, Oh God, I just swallowed the eye, you know? Yeah. I it, just, it didn't do much for me really. It, it was too silly. That was the one thing where I'm like, Oh, I no. <laughs> I was, I was cool with everything in the movie. And then that, and I'm like, why? Yeah. But I'm like, okay, whatever. I know why you did it. So I'm going to let it go. <laughs> um, so while she's out there doing all this in the hall, Beth takes the opportunity to slam the door shut, lock it, and then push this big piece of furniture in front of it so she can't get back into the apartment. Yeah. And don't you love the like how how agile and fast that these deadites are? Because it's like she just kind of uh did a whole uh <laughs> the craft movement across the floor, like where her feet didn't touch the floor. She's right to, Oh yeah. Right to yeah. the guy well, and just bit his, bit his face <laughs> and sucked his eyeball out. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then like, so Beth is watching the chaos ensue in the hallway through the peephole. And she's like basically attacking the other two brothers. And then she goes after uh, Mr. Fonda, you know, with his gun. Yeah. And he so, gets like, a shot off, but I don't think he hits her with it. No, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't think he did either. You're right. You're right. I don't think he did either. But yeah, she's just like ripped everyone to shreds in the hall. (laughs) (laughs) It's like nobody stands a chance. Everybody's dead by dawn. Right, right. And then Beth realizes because she's attempting to reach like I think it was like a homeless person down in the rain that they're just too high up for help. Like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, And then she, she again experiences that whole tummy thing issue again. Um. And so Bridget's starting to piece everything together and she turns on Dan. Cause she's like, you're the reason this is happening. You're the reason there's something wrong with mom. And then Beth breaks him up, but that's when Dan shows her the book and he's like explained to her kind of like what's going on, what he thinks is going on. Oh, and like how, since there's no power, um, she can't listen to the records. Yeah, yeah, that will come up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, I jumped ahead. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Um, and then so uh, this is when Cassie is alone with Bridget and she starts asking her if it hurts. And, you know, Bridget's like, no, it's okay. And then she just gets up to leave. So she's left Cassie alone. And then we hear mom's voice from in the hallway. 
And she's singing that kind of like humming at first. And she starts singing that song Mm -hmm. to lure Cassie to the door. Yeah. Now. I don't care if she had a box of Twinkies. (laughs) I would not have let my mother back in that apartment after what I had just witnessed. Oh, hell no. No way in hell would I have unlocked that door for Joyce. Just preying on the uh, the needs of a young child, I think. Yeah, and I think she, I think Cassie so wanted it to be okay that she was willing to overlook mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Okay. So now, just the interaction between Ellie and Cassie through the people right then, she reminded me a lot of Shelley Duvall in The Shining. Just her voice intonation really i'm like this reminds me of of shelly duvall so now i want to see shelly duvall as a deadite <laughs> in an evil dead movie um but yeah but now what what's happened is cassie's been left alone because bridget has entered the kitchen oh yes this is where bridget's uh lighting the stove and Attempting to what like what is she trying to do? Oh, she's wanting to look at the uh the thing on her face. Yeah, because it's kind of started to vein out. Yeah. And the book flips open to, like you said before, another drawing that's kind of reminiscent of what's going on in mm-hmm. this scene. So now she starts to pour blood from every orifice of her head, more or less. Yeah, it starts with her nose and then it comes out of her eyes and then her mouth, I think. And then she coughs up like, is it, it almost looks like another Fulci thing. It's like yeah, goo it, with like maybe roaches in it. No, it was actually maggots. I looked at it again. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's disgusting. I know that much. It's, it's supposed to be blood and like maggots in blood. Okay. All right. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah. So in the interim, Cassie's opened the door just enough for mom to get her arm in and start choking her. Yeah. And she lifts up. She oh, lifts yeah. her up like, <laughs> holy She's crap. Like dangling like a pinata. Yes. It's like the doll's head that she was holding. <laughs> yes. So Beth and oh, Dan man. run in there to like, kind of like slam the door on mom's arm, forcing her to let go. Mm-hmm. And this is where uh, Ellie makes the comment to Beth that she should open the door. Like you open your legs, you groupie slut. Oh yeah. And she says that quite often throughout this, what, like when she's possessed, she said that a lot. Now, part of the reason that the director was drawn to redo this is because he said he liked not, not only the physical, but the psychological aspect of the evil dead, how they play on each other or play on their victims mental state and stuff. And I thought that was very well done and very creepy in this movie. Yeah. Because it's almost like in all of, all of the exorcist movies that I've seen, or even like the nun, like if you've watched that and and Uh there's possession, um, it's, they always, they like, they don't just skim the surface. They get down deep to what really hurts you. And it's like, they enjoy kind of twisting the knife in there psychologically. Oh yeah. They know how to get to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like a, yeah, like a nun, like a real nun does. <laughs> like a real nun. Too. They feed on your fears. Um, so Dan takes Cassie back into the bedroom and they're sitting there with Stephanie. 
<laughs> and they hear that noise. Well, the noise is coming from the kitchen and Beth goes to investigate and she sees Bridget crouching very, the, oh, just yeah. the whole positioning is very odd. I would have known something was wrong. Like right at that moment when I seen her crouched on the counter, like a, like a caveman bird or something. I don't know what that was. To me, it wasn't so much the crouching on the counter. It was the way her head was twisted to the side that really was like the cherry on, on top. That was like, that was what made it uber creepy because her head was at such a weird jarring angle to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, people don't crouch on a counter like that. So. No, no, they don't. I that. Yeah. But like that, the, the angle of the head to me was what was the weirdest, most disturbing thing of it. I got you. I don't I know. I was just like, that. oh, why is her head like that? Um, it was almost like a bird. Like she had it like cocked, like way. Up. I don't know. It's just weird to me. I was like, yeah, like she was hunched forward. And yeah, head... it was very odd. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. And then um, you could hear like glass breaking. Yes. Yes. And then this is where she gives the line about the creepy crawlies inside her tummy. Yeah. She's got to swallow the glass to kill the creepy crawlies. Mm -hmm. And that she doesn't like having things inside her tummy. And she's like, do you like, uh, I, I don't like having things inside my tummy. Do you Auntie Beth? <laughs> and they know, oh man, it's like I said, they don't just skim the surface. They dig down deep. Yeah. And then, so she jumps from the counter and Beth falls backwards, allowing Bridget time to grab a cheese grater oh, and go out the back of her leg with it. The cheese grater scene. My oh. goodness. So I felt that I felt all of that. And I've never, oh I've never been, you know, had a cheese grater against my skin, but I felt that. Yeah, that was pretty disgusting. Um, and then, so she hits her with this giant pot, Bridget, she hits Bridget with this pot and then they take off running and then Bridget tears off after the other two siblings. And oh, this is where Stephanie comes into play. Stephanie comes into play. Yeah. Cassie, Pretty much just shoves Staffy, uh, Stephanie uh, into Bridget's mouth and the sharp end just goes right out the back of her head. Oh, man, that was like you could the way the tension is built up in this movie and the the suddenness of it all. It's like it's like watching a Final Destination film where the death scenes. And it's just like you feel it on a level like a very psychological level, like when the daughter gets impaled with Stephanie. Mm -hmm. It's like, holy crap. Did that just happen? And yeah, it did just happen. And it's so, the violence is so rapid fire mm -hmm. that if you were in this, you wouldn't have chance to like, it doesn't give you a chance to really think or anything. You're just going, going, right. going, going. It's like from one yeah. thing to the next. Bam, bam, exactly. bam. Exactly. Yeah. You would be, your mind would be gone. Oh yeah. Uh, but so she pulls it out of her mouth out of the back of her head and then collapses in a giant pool of blood to the bedroom floor. Yeah. Uh, so we get Beth cleaning up Cassie and she's consoling her. And, and I love that Cassie says, you'd make a good mom because you know how to lie to kids. I know. I had that in my notes too. I was like, yep, she knows how to lie to children. So she'd be okay. Or a really good teacher. That's all I can say. Um, <laughs> and then so Dan's decided to tie up the body, which I'm like, good for you. So he's draped it in like a like a bed sheet or something and then tied it up. Yeah, I wondered if that was like a curtain or something. Uh, the body was tied in a fashion that you'd see in maybe the first Jeepers Creepers film that's being, you know, the body being dumped into the pipe. 
Uh-huh. Right. Exactly. Yes. Which, you know what? We should do that movie because I love that movie quite a bit. Oh, actually, yeah. I was thinking about putting that on the list and running that by you. Oh, you would. You don't have to run it by me at all. I'm down for it, my friend. All right. Um, let's, let's add yeah. that. So Beth is definitely wanting to hear this vinyl that Dan has been talking about. Mm -hmm. And this is where her skill comes into play and she's able to jerry rig because they have no electricity, jerry rig things so she can listen to the vinyl. Right. I just call her the female MacGyver. Now, this reminded me of a movie called Hell Night with Linda Blair. And they keep making mention that her dad was a mechanic and she's good with cars and it comes into play later in the movie. And I'm like, oh, it was just like that character, too. So we know that she's really good with like, you know, fixing up equipment and things like that. And it really came in handy in this movie. And it reminded me a lot of uh, uh, Miss Blair's character in Hell Knight. Oh, OK. And I love all this stuff. I love all this stuff because I'm like, I don't even know if they meant to do it or not. But I, all these callbacks to different movies, I think it's just awesome. Yeah. And uh, like the whole w with the vinyl thing, I think it's because it's so fresh in my mind that we just did trick or treat. It's like, oh, yeah, it always makes me think of trick or treat now <laughs> with the vinyl record and everything. Well, and I do love that it was vinyl because. You know, a, a kid probably wouldn't have access to like tape. Tape would have probably molded by now. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not really other ways audio you could have gone with this. And I thought that was pretty cool. Right. And, you know, vinyl's hip and everything. I don't know. I just thought it was a very cool idea to do. Yeah, it is. Um, because so, it's not like with the reel-to-reel -reel that they had in the first Evil Dead film. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I just thought it was very cool. Um, very clever. Uh, so she decides that the third record is going to be a charm, but she listens to it via headphones and she kicks the other two out of the room, mm -hmm. but not before arming them with a butcher knife. Yeah. And also this is where the mom is out in the hall and she hears the cat that was lost. And she gets uh, the, the brilliant idea about going up into the vents. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And on the album, uh, Beth learns that, you know, they can't be destroyed as a demonic entity. Um, and as she's listening to it, just like you said, mom's becoming, you know, kind of agitated and aroused. Well, so is Bridget's body. We see her toes kind of twitching and everything. Oh yeah. So Ellie's getting the clever idea to use the ductwork as a way back into the apartment. And Dan and Cassie kind of hear something and, you know, Cassie's thinking it might be Mr. Fonda's cat, but Dan's like, that's not a cat. Yeah, that's no cat. <laughs> so there are two things in this movie that I absolutely love. One of them is the scene with Bridget's covered body floating behind Cassie. Oh, yes. Oh, oh man, my God. That, that it's still so creepy. bothers me. It's so creepy because it's like a, you know, a person wearing a ghost sheet over their head and they're not really standing. They're kind of hovering. Yeah, right. It's it's so creepy. I love it. It kind of reminded me of Halloween with Michael and the sheet and everything. It's, I love that. Uh, but yeah, she's hovering like she's not on the ground. She's mm -hmm. above the ground, floating above the ground like her toes. Love that. Love that so much. Um, that was another thing. Uh, almost everyone in here is barefoot which I think adds to the, uh, how do I say it? Like um, unsafeness of all the events taking place. Right, because there's sharp objects and there's Everywhere, like, oh, yeah. There's yeah. all kinds it, of craziness happening. Yeah, I'm like, put shoes on people. Um, <laughs> and then also, 
Beth has the headphones on. So she's kind of almost blocked out of everything on that's going on around her yeah. because she's listening. Yeah. So anyway, so um, we've got Bridget basically stalking Cassie, but then Dan turns to see this and Bridget kind of like quickly, which is very disturbing, flies at her brother, still covered up. He stabs her and then she proceeds, and he's in the kitchen now because mm-hmm. she's pushed him into the kitchen. She proceeds to like vomit all this blood all over him, his face. And then like and she's, he, he gets a knife through the bicep. Yeah, she pins him with that same knife that he stabbed her with to the countertop. Yeah. So while this is going on, we see that up in the ceiling, Ellie is coming down inside Dan's bedroom behind Beth. And she's crawling like a spider. Yes. Okay, so have you seen the movie Heredity? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, that reminded me of that, where you see mom up in the corner and everything crawling. That reminded me of that movie, too. Oh, you're where, right. I didn't even think of that, but Which yes. I thought was awesome as hell, because I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a um, good movie. But so at the last moment, Beth spies Ellie's reflection in the window, mm-hmm. which I just thought that was all so cool. The whole thing was so cool. Yeah. Um, just the, the tension, like uh, the atmosphere, how dark it was. And then the tension that was created throughout where it's like, turn around, turn around, turn oh, around. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, so in the interim, Dan's in the kitchen and he set Bridget's body on fire via the stove. Yeah. And then we hear on the headphones through the the voice on the recording on the record that nothing can stop the demonic force. All you can do is run. Yeah. And they, like you said, I've tried burning them, but they just dance in the flames. Yes. Well, so by now Beth has the headphones off and then Ellie just does that like needle drop with her own fingernail. And And she opens her mouth. Yes. (laughs) Oh, God. She becomes the speaker. Yes. So. um, She stabs. Beth stabs Ellie in the neck. And then in the interim, Cassie's crawled underneath that like side table. Mm -hmm. Well, Dan comes out of the kitchen and he's in bad shape and he begins apologizing to Cass. Yeah. And then Beth flies out of the out of the the bedroom with Ellie on top of her. And that's when she pins her down. She and moves then actually, so fast. Oh, so fast. And then she realizes while she's got her pinned that she's pregnant. Yeah. Cause she sniffs her. Yeah. Sniffs her like an animal. Oh, <laughs> and that do the, the, um, the makeup that they did with the eyes. I thought that was fantastic because it adds to like the inhuman nature of these and things. Then, yeah. And then apparently the director was saying he made sure that uh, everyone's eyes were just a little different. So mm-hmm. they didn't look exactly the same, which yeah. I thought was a really cool touch. Um, so while she's being pinned, Cass like slides these scissors over to her, which she in turn drives up inside of Ellie's. Well, they're open. The scissors are open and she drives one point up inside Ellie's like mouth, the top, the roof of her mouth. So one half is in her head and the other half is jutting out of her open mouth. Yeah, which is yeah, one a jarring part, scene. One part went into the nostril, actually. Oh, is that where it was? It was yeah. just horrifying. Yeah, it was horrifying. Um, and then so uh Beth, you know, 
tells Cassie that she's pregnant and she vows that she's going to save both of them. Mm -hmm. So they leave the apartment and they're faced by all the carnage in the hallway and they're trying to get out the one door that's still locked to the escape outside, the fire escape outside. And then she realizes that the way she's trying to get it open is not going to work. She's going to have to use Mr. Fonda's gun. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when the the rest of the deadites start to wake up. Mm -hmm. And so the stab wound to Ellie's kind of put her out of commission for a little bit, but she's starting to come to again. Yeah. She like just removes the scissors. The blinking oh. of the eyes. I thought that was Oh God. Great. Yeah. It's horrifying. So throughout the film, Ellie's referred to Beth as Bethy Boo. Mm -hmm. It's like a cute little name she's got for her sister. Well, you, you know, while she's got the gun trying to, before she shoots the door, you hear the shriek of Ellie screaming Bethy Boo. And she turns and fires at her sister. Who's like, flying down the hall at her oh and blows her leg right off blows her leg right off and before she can do anything else mr fonda grabs her causing her to shoot ellie's hand and blows that arm off. yeah oh god <laughs> yeah uh, so out of the apartment the charred body of bridget and then the bloody body of dan come mm. and they're sobbing at first and they drop by the body of Ellie, who's now flipped on her back. Yeah. And then she, they start laughing. Yep. <laughs> and then um, she, hold on. Okay. Uh, oh, this is when she says they'll, everybody here is dead by dawn. And then they, yeah. all of the, all of the uh, deadites are now chanting in unison dead by dawn. Yeah, and they start the 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 children start to the two dead children start ripping like into their mom. Yeah, I wondered what they were doing at first. Um yeah, it's very disturbing. Mhm. Mm so and yes, oh, did, go ahead. Um, did all of them like not just the children but since like uh, Ellie was the the main Oh, yeah, I did want to get into this with you, if if you'll yeah, indulge me for, for a no, moment. Yeah, go for it. No, go for it. Okay, so is it just one spirit, or were there multiple spirits, and they needed, like, bodies to inhabit? So, like, the first one, uh, they all jump into the first body, and then, like, as uh, as the kills progress, like, did they kind of spread off into the other? Or is it just kind of one one spiritual entity that's like a hive mind and it can throw parts of itself in, into the, into the other bodies that it possesses. Like what, what did you think about that? Or did See, you even, I, did you even I'm think not, about that? I'm not sure because clearly everyone on that floor has become a dead eye. So mm -hmm. it's not just that family because you know, Mr. Fonda and then eventually everyone sits up. So the yeah. three siblings, down the hall or next door to the, to this family, they are also possessed. Right. Okay. But as far as I can tell, uh, and we'll get more to this, but the thing that it, that's still after Beth and Cass is just Ellie and her two children. Do you agree with me? Um, I think, but, Weren't there more than, let's see, one, two, there were probably more than six arms. Am I right? Or am I just okay. like thinking, see, I'm not sure. I, I counted a lot of arms 
And so I was like, maybe everybody just kind of conglomerated all into like one body and just it was all arms and feet and stuff like that, you know? See, what you're saying might make more sense. I almost need to get into what we're talking about later. Um, but what you're saying might make more sense. But the fact that they didn't show anyone else crawl into her. Mm. Made me think it was just the family. Okay. I will have to see it again, Rob, because did they ever show the creature? I'm trying to think when they, and this is all sounding very mm. vague because we've not even gotten to what we're talking about yet. Right. Um, can we continue on? Yeah, let, let's just continue and then we'll revisit this. Yes. Okay. Okay. So um, Cassie and Beth make their way to the elevator, which is already in sad shape. Mm-hmm. Um, in order for the doors to close completely, um, the keys are stopping it to close. Cassie grabs the car keys that her mom had dropped on her way down there. The doors close. Blood starts pouring in from like any possible opening it can <laughs> inside the elevator. Yeah. On top, there's that escape hatch. Great. And then you see all these hands coming in, which. Yes. Okay. Is. I'm thinking it's the creature that's was forming. Is it, do you agree with me? Oh yeah, I truly think that that was okay. What we were seeing because we saw it before the um, while the children were still like pulling at the mom and everything, we saw like after that scene there was like the in the book it showed like a page yeah, opening the, up to this mm-hmm. multi-armed uh, creature type thing. Exactly. Yes. 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 All right. Um, and then so the elevator doors do open up to a sea of blood pouring out, a la the shiny. Mm-hmm. Um, the two of them, Beth and Cassie, spill out. Um, at first, Beth isn't sure that Cassie's uh alive, but she is. And then um <laughs> doesn't she ask, like, am I dead? Or something oh, like yeah. that. <laughs> she does, yeah, they're covered in blood, and she's like, Am I dead? <laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> now, when she's holding her and she's looking when uh, Beth is holding Cassie and she's looking up at her. This scene reminded me a lot of Robbie from Poltergeist when he's just drenching all that gunk and everything. Oh, that reminded yeah. me a lot of that. Anyway, so they get to the car. It starts fine, but the tire gets caught in like a hole that was basically caused by the earthquake. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought it was the creature like holding the car back. Yeah, from you and me both. Pulled. You and yeah. me both. Yeah, but no, it wasn't that. But <laughs> This allows the creature time to get to the basement and it's coming for them. Oh, yeah. That thing can move for. Yes. Now, the creature reminded me of something from from the movie From Beyond. Yeah, it did. Or yeah. even um, that movie that scared the heck out of me. Um, oh, yes. Terrified. Terrified. Yeah. Terrified. Because they yeah. were like they looked human, but the like the all the parts weren't there. There were too many parts, you know? Yeah. So basically the creature that's attacking them is an amalgamation of for sure. We see the mom. We yep. see Dan and we see Bridget. For sure. Lots of arms. Uh lots of legs. Not yeah. I'm not sure how many legs, but it looked like a like a human spider kind of thing. Okay, so. The only thing that makes me question who it is, is did you see any shoes? Because mm. I remember seeing feet. 
Yeah, and I, I saw a lot of hands, a lot of hands. But I, but I didn't see any shoes. No, I didn't. But would the shoes still be on? So I don't know. I don't know. But, but so also what I was the heads, about- like. I think you might be right because only the heads of the two oldest children and the mother were part of that creature. There were the, like the other four or five people that had gotten killed in the building were not part of that main body. Yeah. Cause I was talking to, I was actually discussing this with Walt and I'm like, so are the other four deadites technically still up on that floor? Yeah. I think they might be. Okay. That's what, that's where I was going with this. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the two of them, Beth and Cassie have gotten out of the car and they're doing this like little game of cat and mouse around the car with this like dead eye creature thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> just, that just adds to the tension because you're like, it's over there. Hide. Come on, move faster. Oh, you know, exactly. you're just like, you're rooting for them. You want them to get the hell out of there. And I'm kind of just thinking, Oh, Oh, this is important. So they have to have like access out of the garage via this remote control, like clicker box that will open and close the gate. Well, yeah. at first the gate's not opening. The gates finally open. And I'm thinking, fuck this, just run out of the gate, <laughs> make a run for that gate. Cause we all know that gate's going to close. Oh yeah. That, that thing is going down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they do make a run for the gate. Beth gets out just fine, but of course Cassie's leg is grabbed by the dead-eye creature and pulled back just as the gate closes. And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. Now, were you getting like newt vibes from aliens? I was. Okay, thank because you. Because the way, like she was, now newt was covered in dirt, but this child is covered in blood. Um, yeah. It, but yeah, just the way that it uh, it pulled her and and then it moved like it hauled ass into that um, yeah <laughs> into that truck and just tossed her in the back of that truck and I was like that thing moves fast faster than the way it looked mm-hmm. it should move does that make sense because yeah. it looked very awkward to me like it would look it does look like it would have a very hard time getting around doesn't it mm-hmm. yeah it looks like it would just be tripping and falling all over all these like limbs <laughs> but anyway it moves apparently very quickly oh yeah. Um, and it's Drugger into Mr. Fonda's uh, tree surgery truck. Oh, that's his truck. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Fonda, which I didn't realize the first go round because I saw it said something on the truck. I'm like, what does it say? Then I watched it again and I'm like, oh, it says Mr. Fonda. And then I'm like, oh, that's what they said because I couldn't quite make out what she said about the cat, but she said it's Mr. Fonda's cat. And then I'm like, that's his name. Cause I got everyone else's name for the most part, but I'm like, who's the neighbor guy. I'm like, Oh, it's Mr. Fonda, which I thought was really cool. That's good. Yeah. I'm terrible with those names. I even forgot the names of the kids. So it's just like, I'm, I'm kind of following you along here with that. So I thought that was all very awesome. So anyway, he's like, he apparently owns like a tree, uh, uh, like, uh, what would you call service where he'll like take care of your shrubbery and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's a giant truck that, um, they basically, he has a chainsaw inside there and mom just wants to cut off, you know, uh, Cassie's head. That's all she's requesting of the daughter just to be still enough so she could cut the head off her head off. And of course, like that, that chainsaw is just a nod to, um, ev- pretty much every evil dead film, pretty much every evil dead. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Beth has made her way back in with her shotgun shotgun, right? She's got a shotgun. 
Yeah, she's yes. got, she's got a she has Mr. Fonda shotgun. Mm-hmm. And so she shoots the creature, which allows Cassie just enough time to get out and slide underneath the vehicle. Do you see but- how, like... We thought that she was going to be a badass, but the the creature throws the chainsaw and um, and Beth slips and does a face plant. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the creature uh, grabs Beth and starts pulling her towards the uh, chopper, the shredder chopper oh, thing the, on the, the mulcher, end of the, yeah. the mulcher. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's Dan's half of the creature reaches down and turns the thing on. And so her leg is just about there when mm-hmm. Cassie, you know, turns the thing off. Am I correct with this? Yeah. Cassie runs over and uh, shuts, pulls the lever. OK. And then so that gives Beth time to get down and get to the chainsaw. Am I right? Mm-hmm. OK. So now the creature is positioned on the little like front part of the chipper which gives Beth an opportunity to chainsaw it back towards and Cassie time to turn it on. So it starts sucking the creature back inside of it. Yeah. Which I'd like to point out, it's still a conglomeration of everyone that Cassie has loved. Right. So that must've been really, really difficult for her. (laughs) Yeah. So everything's being chopped and sucked and shredded up and out the top where the normal mulch would come from is just a shower of blood and little chops of the body parts. And not out. only that, but it's moving in kind of like a rotational pattern. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's covering cars, right. it's covering Beth, it's getting some of Cassie. It's just showering yeah. blood everywhere. And it's like kind of like string shredding the body apart. Oh, yeah. There's, there's yeah, lot, so it's lots pretty of disgusting. Gore. Lots. Yeah. So... Eventually, I also put down Cassie will need a lot of therapy <laughs> in her future. Um, so Ellie gets to chainsaw the cranium and only the head is left, but it's still being a deadite to the very end, casting all sorts of aspersions upon best character. Mm, yep. And it, like, what was the last thing that you call? Uh, did she call her a groupie whore again or something? Yes. Yeah, and something like her mom. Didn't she like make a reference? Oh, yes, you you are just like mom and you're going to fail just like her, too. Yeah, yeah. And then so she drop kicks the head into the chipper. <laughs> so. It's not over. No, they it's pick up the she over. picks up the rifle. No, I the chainsaw. Yeah, that well, they at first they walk away like they're going to walk out of the gate, but then she comes back to grab the chainsaw. OK, which I would have just stuck with the rifle. But anyway, they pick that up and they walk out of the garage. Mm hmm. So we get later and then we see Jessica from the opening credits coming downstairs and she's leaving her apartment. She's ready for a weekend getaway and she was on the fifth floor and she's talking to her cousin, Teresa, and she's telling her that she had no cell service until like the last five minutes yeah. and um, that the thunder kept her awake, which I'm like. Thunder. Have you heard none of this shit? Yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> I heard gunshots, screaming. <laughs> like, right. I almost would have been like, I would have said like, oh, I wanted to make sure I was just well rested for the trip. So I took like a ton of sleeping pills. But no, <laughs> she was up all night. Um, and then this is where uh, Teresa wants a rain check. But Jess is like, oh, no, you're going to go with me, you know, up to this really cool cabin that uh, Caleb 
uh, I think it's his family owns. Um, and then out the rear view uh, of her car, she spies all the carnage around the station wagon that the two were eventually going to escape in. Right. And I was just saying, don't investigate. Don't be stupid. No, she she gets out and then she freaks out. And then there's all these noises and it almost sounds like they're calling her name. Real faint. Like in whispers. Yeah. Yes. And then we get like that shot where it's like coming at her from all different angles and then she's attacked. Yep. Now, would she have been able to get out, do you think? Like if she gotten, had not got out of the car, would she have been able to make a clean break? I'd like to think so. Okay, I was wondering your take on that. And what about the other, like, so if if what I'm thinking is right, so that building does have other deadites in there. Yeah, I'm thinking... Uh, when they go in to uh, either demolish that building or whatever, whoever uh-huh. goes in there is basically effed. They're done. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. And then so we get, you know, she's attacked and it says Evil Dead Rise again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this is how I, I believe this is how I found out she was a cousin because she's like, cuz, I don't want to do this. I want to, I think she says, cuz, I want to rain check. Oh, I thought it was because I want to rain check. I, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. And no, I think she's saying, cuz, cuz. I want a rain check. Okay. Yeah. And she's like, no, you're coming with me. Um, (laughs) Now, sequels. Ooh. I was telling Walter, I wonder if the ones that bailed the first go around are going to show up at the cabin. Oh, but it has to have something to do with uh, Beth. Like Beth is the new Ash, basically. You think? I wonder. I wonder if she's just if it's just going to pick up. You know, I don't know. I feel with, like with, uh, with Jessica, with uh, that scene where she picked up the chainsaw and left with it. I, it's kind of like a passing of the torch, maybe. Oh, see, like, I don't really. I mean, nothing against any of these people, but I don't. I, as a fan, don't. You don't have to do that at all. I yeah. don't need this reoccurring character. I think it'd be really cool if they went back to the forest in that cabin. And they all show up and there's Jessica just ready to tear this oh, shit out of all of them. You're right. You're right. I completely <laughs> forgot about Jessica. But yeah, she rose from the water and the end of the movie is actually the beginning. So um, she's out there somewhere, too, now. Yeah. So there are deadites inside the building and there mm-hmm. there's like the main deadite uh, in the in the woods somewhere. Yeah. But anyway, OK, so Rob, what'd you think of it? Oh, you know, I love this movie. I was raving about it to you. I didn't want to give away any spoilers when I had first told you about this, but I'm so glad that we got a chance to discuss all of this movie. And thank you for not, you were such a good friend for not spoiling anything for me because I I purposely avoided anything about it because I didn't want to, I knew I was going to see it, but I didn't want to know anything about it. Um, And which I think I know the answer to this too. Would you recommend it to people? I would. I would recommend it to Evil Dead fans. I would recommend it to basically all of our listeners. If you, this is intense horror. I mean, it's like nonstop breakneck speed for an hour and 36 minutes. And I think most, most of our listeners, if not all, will come away from it feeling like, wow, that was a super awesome movie. I agree. I agree with all those things. I agree with all those things. I, uh loved it um i thought that you know aside from not having ash because you can't you i mean 
much as everyone wants it to go on forever, Bruce Campbell has a life. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a point in time where he just doesn't want to do it anymore. And we may have reached that time, which is fine. I, you don't, it's not like it's Fred Krueger. Um, yeah. Cause to me, really, you, anyone could be Jason Voorhees. Anyone could, I not anyone, but I mean, you don't have to have a particular actor, but you know, um, Robert England is so tied with the Fred Krueger thing, but the way the evil dead is set up, you could have deadites anywhere doing mm. anything for the most part, you know, <laughs> right, and right. I know that people love Bruce Campbell. I love Bruce Campbell, you know, even though there's that restraining order, um, <laughs> but you don't have to have him to have an evil dead film. And that, uh, that's I, why I oh. think, um, sorry about that. I didn't mean to jump in. No, there. you go, you go. That's why I think that at the end of this movie, I think we're going to see Beth return as like a, you know, a badass deadite hunter uh, in some way, shape or form. Like apparently whoever these uh, deadites come across, it just kind of screws up their life and they're like a magnet thereafter. And so I think that like we will in Evil Dead 6 or whatever it's called, um, we will see we will see Beth. Evil Dead Morning Wood. Evil Dead Morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I sincerely feel um, from from the movie and from things I've read uh, that this film, the director, because he wrote the film as well, um, respected like uh, what the franchise had set up beforehand. Mm -hmm. He very much wanted to remain true to things, but put like a, a different kind of spin on it. And I don't think that different makes it a bad thing at all. Um, I thought it was fun. I thought it uh, was creepy. I thought it was scary. I thought it was gory. Um, I, I think the only persons who won't appreciate it are those diehard Bruce Campbell fans who feel that every movie is must contain ash. Um, but if you're looking for a really scary evil dead movie, this is it. You've, you've got it with this one. I mean, it, it fits perfectly in the franchise, I think. Yeah, it's um, absolute. I mean, it fits in with, even though it doesn't have Ash Williams per se, like, uh, barring my theory aside and the theory that I've seen on the internet, it is still like in that universe. And you're still dealing with these malevolent entities that are just out to like, cause trouble and stir shit up you know I, I honestly i would like to think and this makes me sad um that there'll be a point in time where mark is not around but my grandchildren or great-grandchildren could still be watching kick-ass evil dead movies in the franchise <laughs> and they'll be making podcasts about it right you know because it is a premise that it could just go on Forever. I think they haven't even scratched the surface with the lore. No, I mean, it, it really does lend itself. I mean, it really is like a timeless tale, a franchise that just could go on and on mm -hmm. and on and still be fresh. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they could easily have deadites in space. There could easily be a deadite <laughs> rock band. They can make baby deadites. You know, there's yeah. so many possibilities. Um, now, recommending it. I would even recommend this to people who are true blue evil dead fans and just say, go to this with an open mind. Um, you already know it doesn't have ash in it. So just enjoy it for what it is. And I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. 
other than the ash, you know, ash absentee, uh, it pretty much has everything else I think you're going to want from a from an Evil Dead movie. It really Seriously. does. It delivers mm-hmm. all that and more, I think. Especially oh, gosh, Rob. That multi-limbed creature. I mean, that was just pure insanity right there. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen anything like that in an Evil Dead film. Um, We've seen like the, you know, Henrietta in the basement, Evil Dead 2. But even that does not compare to like the experience of being chased down by whatever the hell that thing was. I thought this was kind of cool because it was kind of like uh, the second uh, demons where they moved everything to the apartment building. Oh, uh, yeah. And like you could you could turn into a demon really easily. Yeah, I just I like that about it. Now, I didn't give you a heads up on this. Um, so I hope you'll play this game with me. Um, there's no right or wrong. I really just want you to do this for me. Would you be open to listing your like one to five? Evil Dead movies for me, just in the order that you like them. Okay. Uh, oh, cool. Okay. And there's no judgment. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I just want I, I want your opinion, like which ones, you know, how they fall for you. Oh, totally. Okay, I would say Evil Dead Two. Okay. Um, Army of Darkness. Okay. This one. <laughs> okay. Um, and then the first Evil Dead, and then no, wait, sorry, sorry. Um. The Evil Dead remake 2013, and then the first Evil Dead. That Interesting. Is, okay. That would be All right. My I love favorite. this. Okay. So mine, without any hesitation, is the original Evil Dead. Uh, my second one would be the remake, um, the Fetty Alvarez one. Okay. Then, then this one, Evil Dead Rise, then Evil Dead 2, and then the last one would be Army of Darkness. Oh, wow. Yeah, we haven't even factored in Ash versus Evil Dead into any of this. Oh, yeah, I didn't do that because it's not really a film per se. It's like a TV series. Oh, Um, okay. I just wanted the films. I love, and this is what I like about our relationship. We're we're not even close on our ranking for the most part at all on these. Yeah. That's kind of what makes it good. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so cool. And to me, I think that's what makes the horror community so cool is because there are so many different diverse opinions. And that's why I wanted to say that you're not wrong and I'm not right. It's my opinion. It's your opinion. (laughs) And they're both awesome. There's no right Um, or wrong answers here. There's just what your picks are. Yeah, exactly. I just really, I wish I would have written it down too, because yours was pretty close to what I thought was going to (laughs) be. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. 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 I had to come up with that on the spot and just think about it for a second. But I was like, yeah, you know, if I had written it down, I'd probably come up with the same thing. Yeah. And I, that's why I almost asked you, because I wanted to do this. I knew I wanted to ask you this, like when I knew we were going to do this, but I thought, should I ask him beforehand or not? And I thought, no, I don't want to give him that opportunity. I want you to like, I want to be a a spur of the moment kind of thing. Okay. Uh, So thank you for doing that for me. Hey, no problem. Um, So yeah, I would definitely recommend this one. I'm so glad that you agreed to do this one. Um, That makes me happy. I, man, I was so excited after watching this movie and like, I was trying so hard not to give you any spoilers, but I couldn't help like raving about this film. And you know that I talked about it quite a lot. I was like, oh man, I hope we can do this movie at some point. Now, another thing with me that I love so much about this one is it is so female centric. Yeah. Like there's, uh, okay, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to consider like the teen boys as like men really. 
Um, and so there's really only two, maybe, yeah, two men, and they kind of take the background. Yeah, but as far as like the main family, you just have Danny and the rest are all women, or yeah. girls. Yeah, I thought that was really, I like that spin on it. I like that a lot. And I like that um, they didn't like rub it in your face and like, oh, feminism, you know, this and that. Where mm -hmm. it's more about, it's more about kind of, hey, you've got to survive this messed up situation. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I just like that they went with a female protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Okay. So before I just get in my giant soapbox. Um, <laughs> so our next film that we're going to be covering is a listener recommendation for us. Um, because we do listen to people. I swear we do. It's The Legend of Boggy Creek from 1972. <laughs> We're going back in time now. So back in time. This one petrified little fat Mark immensely. <laughs> um, I'm curious to hear your uh, take on this one. But yeah, so I'm excited to do this one. That will be next week's episode. Uh, before we sign off, anything you want to say? Um, yes, you can email us. Oh. Yeah. At um, mmccpod at gmail.com. If you have any recommendations that you would like us to cover on the show that we could put in the pipeline, you know, down the road, mm -hmm. or you can hit us up on Instagram. Mark, tell, tell them where they can find us. I am always lurking at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. Uh, feel free to get in touch with me that way. Um, any inappropriate pictures you want to send me, uh, I'm always <laughs> open to um, look at them. At least three times. Uh, so, so you're going to do ratings, huh? Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I won't do ratings because I never want to like shame anybody. Um, so I would just keep any comments to myself. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as always, we do thank you for joining us because the more the scarier. Right. And until next time, we hope that you stay spooky. Spooky.